Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but we want to give a shout out to our partners. We coach the global community of women in high school sports and the Florida Coaches Coalition. Check out these three great organizations and become a part of them. And now, please stay with us. Don't fast forward. Let's take a quick listen to our podcast sponsors. Bring your school's legacy to life with Vital Signs Wall of Fame. The Wall of Fame is an interactive display that sits on the wall of your school, highlighting the top performers, both past and present, in athletics, academics, and the arts. But it's so much more than that. The Wall of Fame is an extensive content program that helps you every step of the way, allowing you to tell more compelling stories that will better engage your audience. Use the link vitalsignswalloffame.com slash Jake for a 5% discount off your Wall of Fame purchase. That's the first time they've offered this. Vitalsignswalloffame.com slash Jake for a 5% discount. Check them out today. We also want to say thanks to uh, Snap Mobile. Uh, Snap Mobile is a platform that has a, a variety of of options for you as an athletic director to help your school, your coaches do better. SnapRaise is their fundraising platform, and we've used it with great success. Go to snapraise.com and check out all the different platforms that Snap Mobile has to offer. That's snapraise.com. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Hometown has recently acquired Ticket Spigot, and together they will help you set up and sell your tickets online, not just for athletic events, but for things like school plays, concerts, school dances, even graduation. And every step of the way, Hometown is going to provide you with a dedicated client success manager providing hands-on support. That's every step of the way. You can get started by going to hometownticketing.com. That's Hometown Ticketing. Simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to say thank you to Gipper. Go to Gipper.com and see how athletic directors are creating world-class marketing content for their school social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device, and you don't need any design training. Go to Gipper.com and tell them you heard about it on the podcast. Use our code ADPOD10, and you'll get 10% off. That's Gipper.com. Create custom content for your school's social media channel. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive indoor scoring tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and check out their product. Schedule a live web demo and see them in action. One of the best purchases I ever made was our Sideline Interactive indoor scoring table. Not only generates income for a department, but it creates the ultimate game day experience for your student-athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com today and get started. We also want to thank Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school. And Huddle gave our teams, our coaches, and our athletes the tools they needed to play at the highest level. Go to huddle.com and you're going to find a professional grade solution for the challenges you face. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Go to huddle.com. Join the 6 million users 
and find out how to turn your school into a huddle school. We also want to thank Final Forms, the industry leader in forms and registration. You can ensure compliance, reduce risk, increase safety. Um, Final Forms will help your stakeholders, your coaches, and you as an AD. To take the next steps, go to finalforms.com slash Jake. That's finalforms.com slash Jake and get started with Final Forms. And we want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic directors typically only hear from the 2% of uh, student-athletes that didn't have a good experience or maybe that squeaky wheel parent. And we do need to hear from them, but we also need to hear from the 98% that really love and support our program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with a disgruntled parent or your principal or even your school board, go to athleticsurveys.com and talk to their professionals. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We're going all the way out to Idaho today, but uh, there's some Florida roots involved. Uh, we're visiting today with Maria Lopez. Uh, Maria has an incredible background as a coach, uh, national champion, multiple national champions, uh, coach of the year. Uh, and I'll let her talk about some of those things, but uh, she is also the director of member experience, engagement, and inclusion. For one of our podcast partners, We Coach, and uh, we're going to hear a little bit about We Coach along with her background, but uh, Maria Lopez, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, thank you, Jake, for having me. Well, we've had this on the schedule for a while. I've been looking forward to it, uh, so let's go ahead and get started. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests, so give us that quick bio, where you were born, where you grew up, um, you know, sports, of course. Maybe take us up through your high school and, and college uh, playing years, and then we'll take a quick break and then uh, hear about your early career. So what's the Maria Lopez story? Yeah, I, I was born um, in Venezuela, Valencia, Venezuela, um, uh, 1983. So I think I'm, I'm aging myself here, but um, in, in 1983 in Venezuela, and I lived there until I was 14 years old. And um, you know, grew up with parents that uh, didn't really play sports at a, at a competitive level, um, and they signed me up for a summer camp with my my cousins, and uh, they had a bunch of different sports there, and, and and tennis was one of them. And I came across, and I, you know, had a couple of of lessons, and I fell in love with the sport. And so I remember going back home to my city and telling my parents that that's all I wanted to do, and they put me on a wait list. And, um, you know, a couple of months later, I was able to kind of join the, the local um, rec uh, academy that they had in the city. And, uh, and, and that was it. I, I don't think I played anything else after that. I played a few other sports before, before tennis that I kind of thought was something interesting, but ended up, um, you know, really falling in love with tennis. So that was the beginning of my career. I, I grew up in Venezuela until I was 14 years old. And then 
had the opportunity to move to to the states, and and that's where I moved to to Florida to an academy to go to high school there, and um, and pursue my dreams of being a professional tennis player, and that was you know really the kind of the beginning of of so many different connections that I ended up having, you know, looking forward in in the rest of you know what it is now my my career. So um, I went to high school in, in Boca, moved to Everett Tennis Academy, which is where I played. I went to high school for two years and, um, and wanted to play professional tennis. I, I unfortunately got hurt and, um, you know, had surgery on my knee and, and really thought at that time, you know, this is 20 something years ago. Uh, at that time, you know, you either went to play professional tennis or, or you went to college. You know, you don't have that same pathway that college athletes have now in, in our sport to really you know go through the four years of their development and then go on and play professional professional tennis so um, I decided to go to school and at 16 years old I, I took a year off so I, I was an early grad um, and uh, at 17 uh, to went to um, to Barry University to take a scholarship there to play tennis and um, so that's kind of fast forwarding me to, to my college career and yeah, played my four years there. I, I remember I, I, um, I knew that I was that I was good enough. I was number one in the country in Venezuela to, to play in a top division one school. Uh, unfortunately, I took a year off, and so my eligibility was um, was different than you know back in the day. The, the rules were a little bit different than they are now. But I, I could only go to division two at the time, and and I chose probably one of the best programs in the country at, at Barry University, and so. Ended up playing there for four years. I thought I would transfer after one year, and and just fell in love with my experience as well. And um and yeah, just ended up playing my four years in college there. Yeah, again, uh, you and I were talking before uh, we we came on the podcast. You know, geographically, uh, you know, we were our, our paths crossed. I guess a little bit uh, when I was down in South Florida. Talk a little bit about that experience of coming to uh, you know a, another country. Um, you know, was there um, you know, a, a language uh, challenge at all. Uh, you know, uh, how, how was that? Just you know, coming to a brand new country uh, and going to school. Yeah, I mean, it, I, it's interesting because I came actually here for a summer camp. I never came here to to stay in the U.S. And so I came for a summer camp. It was supposed to be three, four weeks. Uh, came with my parents, and then you know, the opportunity of of getting a scholarship to stay at, at an academy in Florida, kind of was presented to to us as a family and like I said tennis was my life and so when my parents asked me do you want to stay and and play uh and you know go to school here and and you know essentially dedicate your life to play tennis and I mean that was a no-brainer to me I was like absolutely yes I don't speak English but we'll figure that out um and so yeah I mean we I, I came here without knowing the language um, and so the first few months was really difficult, not only being away from my family, but also, you know, kind of trans transitioning to a new culture, a new language, um, you know, but I think athletes are, are so resilient. Um, you know, I remember being at 14 years old, I had, you know, a, note, a notepad where I would write five new words in, in the English language and then try to practice them every day to, to see how that I, I could learn to get better. Um, and then I, I think two or three months passed and I was able to kind of transition back to normal classes because I was I was put in those English as a second language classes for a few months until I was able to kind of maneuver the language good enough to to go into the regular classes. So 
um, yeah, I mean, it was difficult. Um, but like I said, I think it, it's, it's made me who I am and, how, you know, kind of um, and my work ethic, I think, was, was very uh, defined in, in some of those moments, being away from my family, being away from, you know, my parents, not knowing the language um, and just kind of following a dream, you know. Yeah, no, uh, uh, I, I can't begin to imagine what that experience was, uh, you know, coming to a different country, you know, having to learn a new language. But obviously, you know, things worked out well for you. Um, we're going to take a quick break, then we're going to come back and hear more about your story at Barry. Uh, for our listeners, our guest today is Maria Lopez. She is the Director of Member Experience engagement and inclusion for we coach one of our great partners here the podcast along with a lot of other things but uh please stay with us this is the educational ad podcast we want to thank wall of fame by vital science for their support of the podcast bring your school's legacy to life with vital signs wall of fame the wall of fame is an interactive display that sits on the wall of your school, highlighting the top performers, both past and present, in athletics, academics, and the arts. But it's so much more than that. The Wall of Fame is an extensive content program that helps you every step of the way, allowing you to tell more compelling stories that will better engage your audience. Use the link vitalsignswalloffame.com slash jake for a 5% discount on your Wall of Fame purchase. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com slash Jake for a 5% discount. Check them out today. We also want to say thank you to Snap Mobile. Snap Mobile is the parent company for an entire suite of platforms that are designed to help you as an athletic director do your job better. There's Snap Store for ordering custom gear. Snap Manage is a web management program. Snap Connect allows you to engage with all your parents. And SnapRaise is their fundraising platform that we've used with great success. And schools just like yours have raised over $700 million. They even have a program where you can get your funding before you actually start your fundraiser. Go to SnapRaise.com and check out their entire suite. That's SnapRaise.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Maria Lopez, a very successful uh, college athlete, college coach, and now she is with We Coach, one of our great partners. Maria, you were talking about uh, you know coming to the United States, ending up at Barry University, and and becoming part of a, a very successful tennis program. Talk a little bit about your experience as a player and then how that helped you transition into becoming a very successful college coach. Yeah, I mean, I, I um, you know, I, a lot of, I think, our success as a team at, at Barry was, you know, really just geared towards the rest of my teammates. Um, you know, I really had the, the pleasure and the luck of, of working together with, you know, the the teammates that I was able to have during my four years in my career. And it really shaped who I am now. Um, you know, I, I, as a division two athlete who went to school really young at 17, whose teammates were, you know, back in the day where the rules were a little bit different, you know, all my teammates were 24, 25. I even had a teammate who was 30 years old, you know, and so 
uh, a lot of them with a professional uh, background. They had all played professional and then ended up coming back and playing playing uh, uh, college tennis. And so, you know, I really had an opportunity to learn a lot from people that, that had been going through that professional career. And, um, you know, I was very lucky to to really push the program to, to a national contender. Um, we ended up, I think three out of my four years, we ended up uh, being top three in the country. We we went to um, the NCAA tournament uh, twice in the semifinals, and, and we lost uh, to, to the champion there. And then um, my junior year, we lost in the finals. And so I always tell that story because that story was really the 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 story that drove me to come back and volunteer for the program that I play for and and talk about it with the current team at the time and really push them to to become their best. And so I remember um really sharing that story a lot with with the team once I started coaching at Barry and and really just kind of challenging them to say, listen, you have the opportunity to be the best team in the country. Uh, but so far, uh, my team was the best team that this, this school has ever had. And so we always used to joke around with that. And, and it um, just kind of became a, a challenge for them. They really loved just wanting to, to become their best. And, and, you know, that kind of drove that first national championship. But, you know, back to my career, I think I, like I said, I was very lucky. I, I had a, a tremendous partner. I had a French French player who was, who was my teammate, Victoria Corms, who, you know, we had we played together for three years. Uh, we're all Americans for two out of those three years, and and um, you know, I think we we were as high as number two or three in the country as a, as a tandem. And so we had really a lot of success, and a lot of that was just the relationship that I had with her. I mean, she's still one of my best friends, and we still communicate. This is you know over twenty something years ago, so um, it, it really is super special. What you you know when you when you choose a program that you really are bought in and you're surrounded by teammates and coaches that really believe in you. And that's the experience that I had uh, when I was at Barry. You know, so many successful athletes, um, you know, across the board, pick your sport, uh, become coaches, but sometimes they struggle to find that same level of success that they had as a player. Now, obviously, you know, you've been a very, very successful coach as well. What were some of the things from your playing experience that you think helped you and, and, you know, how do you think you were able to put that together for uh, just not a successful, but a exceptional, you know, coaching career? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's interesting now with my role at we coach too, that it's, it's interesting that growing up, I saw myself as a professional tennis player, but really never saw myself as a coach. And, you know, now that I can, that I've educated myself, enough to see that, you know, unfortunately, I never had, you know, when I look at my role models, all my role models were, were, were guys, you know, I had male coaches that were tremendous in my, in my upbringing, uh, but I never really had the chance to have, you know, female coaches kind of guide me through my career. And so, you know, I grew up, you know, finishing my playing career and I knew that I did not want to coach that, that's, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned my, my coaching career, but I really wasn't, I wasn't interested in it. I didn't know if I was good at it. Nobody had ever approached me to know if, you know, to maybe inspire me, um, you know, to, to be a coach. And so when I graduated, I actually went and, and went in the in the business world for about eight or nine months. Um, 
and then decided to just come back. And, and, you know, that was something that I did for a short time and I was good at it. And, you know, because I think all of the, the skills that we gained, you know, from, from being a, you know, student athletes, but um, I really started coaching because I was a little bit lost. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And, and I knew I needed to pay my rent and I need to, you know, to, to, to get a, to get a, a paycheck to make sure that I was able to, you know, continue to stay here. And, that turned into a an aha moment for me and saying, wow, I really love this. You know, I, I love, you know, obviously I've always loved the game, but I really love this aspect of the game and, and being able to kind of reshape the things that I maybe was very good at and some of the things I wasn't very good at as an athlete. And, and, you know, I think that when you ask, you know, what skills I brought in, I think for me, I, I was always a student of the game. I, I loved to learn. I loved to work on my craft. Um, but I was also a very talented player, right? And so I maybe didn't have the highest work ethic, right? And so uh, I, I, those two things were always a challenge for me as an athlete. And but as a coach, I learned that I could inspire other other uh, student athletes to to challenge themselves if they were that maybe had the same skill set and maybe they did have the eye for the game and maybe did love the game, but there were other parts of it that maybe weren't so much fun to, to put time on. Um, and so that was something that was really interesting to me because I had to, to learn something that I never did as an athlete. And so I, I think that was, it, it was always a, a fun, I always look at it as a really fun part of my career was shaping who I was. I came in wanting to be, very strict and very uh, structured. And then I learned that that, you know, wasn't always the way that I needed to coach. And so learning to to adapt. And again, I, unfortunately, a lot of that was because I never saw myself as a coach. And so I had to kind of learn as I was going. And, and I think that curiosity for me was one of the reasons why I was successful as, as a coach. It was I was always looking for what's next, what's new in the game, what can I learn? Who can I learn from? Who can I attach myself to, to you know, to get some some new skills? Um, I've always been like that. I can watch tennis for hours. I can watch sports for hours, you know, and I think that you need to do that. If you want to be good at, at your job, you have to you have to go above above and beyond of things that, you know, are asked of you if you, if you want to, you know, separate yourself and be the best. Yeah, I'm so glad you uh, you talked about that process of uh, the fun part of coaching. Even though you didn't see yourself as a coach, um, you know, I, I would always bring back uh, our. I was a football coach uh, in high school and college, and you know, when our seniors would graduate, I would always let them come back for the spring practice. Uh, they had no more eligibility left to play, but they would get a chance to coach, and almost to uh, the very last person, they would always say. I didn't realize how much fun this was. And mm -hmm. so, uh, again, you, you got to have fun in whatever you do. Uh, obviously you weren't having fun in the business world and, you know, that helped let you find some fun uh, with coaching. Great, great stuff for our listeners. Uh, our guest is Maria Lopez, um, you know, former college athlete, college coach at a very high level. And now she's part of the leadership team at we coach. We're going to hear more about that uh, in a later part of the podcast. Let's take another quick break. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing for their support of the podcast. 
Hometown Ticketing is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. And if you go to hometownticketing.com, they're going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets online, not just for your athletic events, but for things like your school plays, concerts, uh, school dances, even graduation. And every step of the way, Hometown's going to provide you with a dedicated client success manager that provides hands-on support to you. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com and get started today. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to say thank you to Gipper. Go to gipper.com and see how athletic directors and coaches are creating world-class marketing content for your school's social media channel. You can do it in seconds on any device and you don't need any design experience. Go to Gipper.com and tell them you heard about it on the podcast. Use our code ADPOD10 and you'll get 10% off. That's Gipper.com. Create custom content for your school's social media channel. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational 80 Podcast. Maria, we always give our guests an opportunity to give a shout out to the mentors that they've had in their life. Uh, none of us get to where we're at on our own. Uh, the expression that I always use is, I still hear those voices in my head from my mentors from those years ago. Uh, do you have any voices that you still hear? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I um, you know, as a coach, like I mentioned earlier, you know, I never saw myself coaching. And so, um, you know, one of, of the really impactful coaches that I had uh, colleagues of mine while I was working uh, was was a, a gentleman called uh, Dean Goldfine and, and Dean has field coaches the highest of levels um, you know he he kind of took me under his wing uh, when I when I finished my my, my graduate school and um, you know I, I think it, it not only his belief in me but his approach to to coaching um which is second to none and and you know i had the opportunity to work with him for um say maybe four or five years and you know we still i just saw him you know a few months ago when i was down at the usda for for a wta inclusion program that they were running and got to kind of be on the court again with him and and had dinner uh and kind of just share some of those, those moments and uh he really did uh, shaped who I was as a, as a coach in that moment. Um, you know, when you come in and, and you try to figure out as a, as a female coach, like I said, without not a lot of female role models, um, and and having the opportunity to to learn from him alongside him, someone that has had you know experience coaching, you know, players like Andy Roddick and and some of the best coach uh, you know players in the world. Um, and I got to share the court with him every day and, and became, you know, his, his colleague for, you know, the, the time being. And it was really amazing. I think he really um, was able to guide me, uh, to teach me about how to communicate the message in a way that was, that could resonate with the athletes, you know, as a, as a coach that was new in the business, um, most coaches just coach the way that they were they were taught, right? And so um, it was very it was very interesting to me to to learn from someone that's the complete opposite of the coaches that I ever had as a player, and and really loved that. And, and I just 
you know, I was always in awe of the way that he was able to communicate the same exact thing I was trying to do, um, and really just, just push it forward. And so, you know, not only did he give me the opportunity to learn from him for, for the time being, but he also, uh, you know, for me being, being, uh, someone who came into this country to try to make a dream out of, of out of coaching. Um, he also was a person that believed in me. He, he bet on me to, you know, to really push me and help me with, um, you know, getting my, my, my green card, getting an opportunity to stay in the country and really uh, pursue what, what I do now. And so, um, you know, I always owe him for that. He's always been someone that I can count on, someone that was a great reference for me and uh, someone that I still call a friend and, and a mentor. Um, and, you know, another person that was really instrumental for me was uh, one, of my, um, one of my professors in grad school. Her name was uh, Dr. Darlene Kluka. And um, I remember going to school, again, going back to grad school, I knew that I wanted to coach at the time. Uh, I wasn't sure what level, but she was just, uh, just someone that I knew that I wanted to spend a lot of time with. I wanted to learn a lot from, and she kind of taught me the other side of coaching that a lot of people don't really spend a lot of time in, which was, you know, really getting to know yourself, uh, really getting to know, you know, the business side of, of the industry, getting to know uh, the people side of the industry. And so it was really good to, to learn from her and, and her belief, in, and like I said, also someone that, that bet on me to push forward when things were really difficult and, and that I still have a good relationship with that I can still call and, uh, and reach out to and, and hopefully see her soon. Um, but those were two, two people that were great and, and really instrumental in my upbringing. Well, again, I, I just love to hear the stories and, and the connections, especially how they're still involved with you. Um, uh, talking about, you know, your experience where, you know, some of your role models, at least coaches, you know, were, were men, um, how have you, or, or what are some things that you have done to be intentional about helping to mentor, you know, that next generation of, uh, women coaches? Yeah. I mean, I think you, you use the word intentional. I think that's the most important, um, you know, I think when you coach, I, as a, as a former college coach, had the opportunity to coach for, you know, 12 years. You know, you, you can do the math. You have anywhere between 8 to 14 to get an athlete every year. And, you know, I think one of, of the biggest things that you can do is really, one, empower them. You know, for me, it was about empowering, empowering them and, and, and really setting an example um, that they could, they could be whatever they wanted. You know, I, I recently just spoke at a symposium, uh, you know, uh, on, on the future is female coaches. And, and I do believe that I do believe that the future is female coaches. I do think that we do have to be intentional. We have to find ways to aspire, inspire, um, you know, the, the new coaches, the new generation and, and supporting them. And I think that that is something that, you know, we, we do do a really good job in our organization at we coach to, to create that support system for the coaches because the reality is that right now they might not be getting that from their department or their institution or their club or their program they're in because they don't have that many females that they can surround themselves with to learn from, right? And so, uh, you know, the, 
the challenges are different. You know, we, we love learning from, like I said, my, my biggest mentor was one of the male coaches I worked with. And I, I love learning from that. We have to learn from each other. Uh, but to inspire the next generation, I think we have to be intentional of letting those young women know that it can be possible. It shouldn't be a, an afterthought. It, it needs to be something that they grow up thinking, wow, I want to be like X, Y, or Z. And, and we see a lot of examples. I mean, yesterday I was just watching the South Carolina versus LSU game. I mean, you have two of the powerhouse women coaches in basketball setting an example, undefeated seasons. I mean, that just tells you that we're moving the needle. We're showing it. You know, some sports are farther ahead than others. I think our sport in tennis, we, we have a lot of growing up to do um, because our numbers are very low at, at the top uh, of, of the professional level. We only have, I think, two or three women coaches in the top 150 players in the world. And so we don't have a, a high number of, of uh, women to look up to. Um, and I think that's where each female coach that coaches in the sport has an opportunity to to speak to the student athletes. And I think that's something that I did when, when I coached and, and was really just showing them that it's possible that, you know, you can have a family and coach, you can have, you know, dreams and coach, you can, you know, you can be the only person in the room and be a coach. Right. And so really pushing that, I think was something that I tried to, to mentor them just by setting an example that, that you could do it. Um, and then, you know, in, inspiring them and empowering them to want to to take it as a career if that's something that they really wanted to. I mean, a lot of the athletes that we see spend their whole life crafting the game. I mean, who knows the game more than them, right? I mean, why aren't we really pushing them to take it as a career? I mean, that's all they've done for years and years of their career. And so we, we do have to do a better job of um, looking for ways as coaches, whoever's in the industry, to to inspire those those the student athletes to want to get into the coaching career. Uh, again, great great message, and um, we're going to take another break. But when we come back, we're going to take that intentional dive and talk about some of the things that uh, what we coach is and, and some of the things that they're doing, you know, to help uh, you know move that needle. Uh, our guest today is Maria Lopez. Uh, longtime college tennis coach, very successful tennis coach. And currently she's the director of member experience, engagement, and inclusion for We Coach. And we're going to hear about that when we come back. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive Indoor Score Tables and Video Boards. You've heard me say before, one of the best purchases I ever made as an athletic director was our sideline score table. It's just fantastic. We use it for home games, of course, but we also used it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. Their products are tremendously versatile, and the customer service is just outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo and see their tables and their boards in action. They not only generate income for your athletic department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. That's sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school. 
And our coaches just love the smart cameras, the mobile apps. Of course, they love the analytics, but they also love the tools that Huddle provided to help them and their athletes play at the highest level. Huddle's going to give you a professional-grade solution. And at Huddle, you're going to find out that teams believe in Huddle. Join the 6 million users and find out how to turn your school into a Huddle school. That's Huddle.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Mario, uh, we say at the start and at the end of every one of our episodes that one of our partners is We Coach, and it's a great organization that you should really be a part of. So tell our listeners a little bit about what We Coach is, why it is important, why they should get in touch, and maybe some of the things that you're doing in your position. Yeah, Jake. Um, yeah, I mean, we coach, um, you know, we're a nonprofit organization. Uh, we, we're the only membership organization that's committed to recruiting, advancing, and retaining women coaches across all sports and all levels. Um, you know, this is from, from youth to the Olympic national level. Um, and, and, you know, our goal really is to create an inclusive community of coaching leaders that inspire other, other young women to, to follow in their footsteps. And so, you know, like I said, we focus on recruiting, advancing, and retaining. We have growth and leadership programming, some virtual and in-person events that we run uh, throughout the year. These are year-long programming that we generate to support and, like I said, recruit, advance, and retain our women coaches in the industry. Um, you know, as far as my role, I am the director of member experience, engagement, and inclusion. And, you know, our, our main focus, especially the last few months since I've been on this role, is to really, um, you know, move the numbers. For us, move the numbers means growing our community, growing the support that these women have, uh, addressing the challenges that are unique to the women coaches, and then giving them solutions for them to go back to their, you know, to their their place of work and be able to continue to do what they do and love what they do. And, um, you know, so a lot of the programming and some of the things that I do personally in my role is, you know, how can we, how can we get to, to really touch outside of the, the people that we've have now in our membership, how can we get to, to the, you know, the people that maybe aren't able to, to afford, being, uh, you know, part of, of, of the We Coach community? How can we, you know, the give the resources that are needed for some of the women coaches um, in the industry that maybe work at some of the smaller levels uh, at collegiate, some of the smaller high schools, you know, really trying to expand the reach that we have. Um, you know, we've, we've done, I think, a really good job of, supporting the collegiate level, uh, especially at the Division One level. And, you know, this past year was really, as, as our goal is to move the numbers and really expand the support, we've created a, a development program for Division Two and Division Three, where we've joined, you know, we have, we've now at, at 42 conferences that are part of our organization. Um, you know, we're now having conversations to, to really include some of the other different levels at the collegiate level to try to reach, you know, the NAIA and the junior colleges and, and, and the high schools and, and youth and, and club programs 
um, because they need us. You know, they really, um, you know, and, and I say that personally because as a college coach, you know, we coach transform the way that I, 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 I knew I needed to be supported and, you know, going through as a recent grad, I, I graduated from their academies, which is one of our premier events that we run our NCAA uh, Women Coaches Academy that we run every year. And I, I recently graduated from it last uh, May in, in, in Denver and going through that experience and how transformational that was for me. Um, you know, everyone that I meet, I tell them the same thing. I, I really, the only thing that was going through my mind in that moment is, why didn't I do this earlier in my career, you know? And so my goal as a director of, of membership um, and their experience and the engagement that they get is for me to say, well, how can I get these women to go and be a part of it and engage with us as early as they can and they should in their careers so that they feel supported, so that they feel seen and valued, so that they have people that they can lean on to, so that they can be a part of our programming. I mean, we have, you know, mentor programs. We have video chats every um, every month. We have uh, now I co facilitate the book club, which we're reading. We're reading uh, winning ways of women coaches, and we're bringing in, you know, the 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 writers of some of these chapters to really discuss and and mentor some of the other women in the book club, you know, we have our We Amplify, who I also uh, co-facilitate, which is specifically for women coaches of color uh, that have completely different challenges than just any other female coach. And so we're really, you know, tackling every single one of the challenges that could potentially show up for a female coach and then finding ways to support them. And, and we do that by bringing in experts in their fields. Um, you know, a lot of our, our uh, member benefits partners like yourself, um, you know, that, that have ways to support and amplify all of our women coaches. And so it, it really is, um, has been, you know, a, a change in my career, but one of, uh, one that has brought a lot of purpose because as a, as a coach, I know what challenges uh, can be presented um, and, and also can put myself in those shoes and say, okay, what can we do to, to help them to find solutions, you know, to really move forward and and have a platform that they can that they can feel like they have, um, you know, a community of other women coaches and and male allies that have just like yourself that that you know really uh, support you know our organization. Yeah, again, the the importance of establishing that network. Um, you know, in your profession, you know, whether it's, you know, fellow coaches or athletic directors or, you know, people that um, you can at one level call up on the phone and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with this. Can you, you know, give me a perspective or, as you said, you know, be advocates, uh, allies to, you know, help them advance their career. It, it just cannot be overstressed uh, how important that network is. And then all the educational things that you talked about that we coach is providing. Uh, it's just so very impressive. Um, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and uh, I, I guess at two levels, number one, pick your brain as a coach. Uh, you've got a tremendous resource here, listeners, or find out more about we coach and maybe get involved and help. What are the ways that they can get in touch with you? Uh, our website, you know, our, our website is wecoachsports.org, uh, our social media also at we coach sports. And, and personally, I mean, we can, you can, I can be reached out at, uh, at our membership email, which is membership 
at wecoachsports.org. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I think we've, like I said, we were everywhere, right? We're on, on Instagram, we're on Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, but, but our website has all the information needed uh, to tell you more about our programming. Um, you know, one thing, Jake, is that that's important is, and I, I remember this as a coach, I educated myself so much on the X's and O's. I mean, I, you know, I was always looking for that because I knew that was going to make a difference on my athletes. But if I could give one piece of advice for any coach listening out there is when you invest in yourself, and this is what we do at We Coach, you're investing in yourself. This is not the X's and O's. We're teaching you and we're providing information and education on how to make you a better coach, how to, for you to take care of yourself, how for you to also do the things that you need to do to take care of your athletes after, right? And so creating that, that is just as important. Um, you know, this is why it's across all sports and across all levels because it applies to anyone. And so, um, you know, I, I think that is one thing that's important to know to note is that we have the ability to reach everyone, no matter where, where they're at in their career. No, great, great point. And uh, again, I, I appreciate you giving out all that uh, contact information, which we'll do again at the end. But uh, we coach sports you know, on Twitter, on uh, Facebook. That's the website. And uh, Maria, you can also connect with Maria on uh, LinkedIn. So uh, we're going to take another quick break, but uh, we'll be back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Final Forms for their support of the Educational AD Podcast. Final Forms is the industry leader in forms and registration, and they're going to help you prepare for your best season ever. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with things like uh, mobile apps, and they've got reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that come when you have an athlete in the house. Final Forms can also help your coaches with things like attendance and communication. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help you with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. You know, it's time that you talk to someone uh, who gets it, uh, someone who's walked in your shoes. To take those next steps, go to finalforms.com slash Jake. That's finalforms.com slash Jake to get started with Final Forms. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Maria, one of our uh, talking points, uh, we've actually uh, stolen or borrowed from Jen Brooks's uh, great podcast, The Global Community of Women. Um, and the question is this, you know, you've been a, a coach for a long time at a very high level, lots of success. What are some things that you have learned from your student athletes that uh, you can share with uh, our listeners today? Yeah. Um, well, Jake, I think, you know, the first thing is to recognize that, you know, as a coach, you know, our jobs, we have our jobs because of our student athletes, right? We, we are servants, servant leaders, you know, we, we, we essentially, um, you know, are there to, to find ways to make them better people, better at their sport, you know, give them the skill set to, uh, to be successful at life. And so I think when we coach, we think we are always looking for ways to make them better. What I experienced in my career as a coach was that they were always the one teaching me how to be a better coach. Um, and so a lot of the things that 
that I learned from them was, you know, especially as my career got longer and I was, and I was in the industry for, for a longer period of time was, you know, to be adaptable, you know, to, to really, um, you know, to listen to them because it, I think the student athlete really understands themselves a lot more than we, we give them credit for, um, you know, and they know themselves really well. And so I, I think, you know, more, more of the lessons that I got as a coach uh, came from them. And a lot of that was because of, you know, the relationships that I had with, with my athletes um, and, and what they were able to give me when I was, when I was coaching them. So adaptability was one of them that, that was something that was really important. Um, you know, resiliency, I think, you know, we think we're teaching them resiliency, but when we see them, especially in college athletics, um, you know, tennis is one of those sports where when you grow up, you, you essentially can pick and choose what you want to do, when you want to play it, who your coach is, what club you play for. It's not uh, a structure sport, like a team sport, like basketball or, or, you know, soccer or any other sport. And so, you know, when you go to college and the athletes now have to play a schedule uh, that's set, you know, years in advance sometimes, um, you know, and they have to show up and they have to play. I mean, they have to lose a match and play again. Um, you know, they show so much resiliency and something that they have to adapt from maybe one or two years before, something they've done for eight, 10 years before they show up to college. And now they got to do it completely different. And so, um, you know, really powerful to see that. And, 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 you know, the last piece, I think for me with my female athletes, and I had this conversation with someone a couple of days ago was, you know, one of my mission as a coach and, and that I really took it to heart was empowering them as, as, as women athletes, right? Like really empowering them, seeing them have their own voice, have, you know, their, their own thoughts and, and, and just go after it and say what they think and say what they feel. And, and, uh, and you know, once you see it live, you're like, whoa, okay and where are we you know with this and so learning to meet them where they're at like you know I think we forget sometimes that they're 20 year olds or 18 year olds or 22 year olds and empower them for me looks very different at 40 years old than it looks for them at 18 years old and we have to embrace that we have to you know kind of let them go through that uh, whatever that that line of you know, growth that, that they're going through. Uh, but for them to teach me that, right. And for them to show me that I have to be patient while I see them grow from, you know, X to from A to B or from wherever they're at, um, you know, was something that every day was a reminder when you see them, when you see them growing. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that, that the biggest lessons I ever had as a coach and all of the credit you say, you know, successful in my career and, and all that. I mean, I can tell you that, you know, I would have never been coach of the year. I would have never been, you know, a nationally national champion coach if it was not because of the relationships I had with my athletes and those teams that I had and how much they taught me to change, to adapt, to look for ways to connect with them, to, you know, to to coach them differently, you know, and in tennis, you have six courts. You got to coach one kid one way and turn around and, you know, two steps on the next court and you got to coach the other kid differently. And, and, um, you know, that was something that's really powerful. So again, all of the success and all the things that I got to experience as a coach is always because of what they were able to teach me. 
Now, I love how you led off the whole discussion about, you know, the kids are the reason, you know, that, you know, we have jobs as coaches, you know, they're, they're why we're out there. So great, great lessons. Maria, this has been so cool spending some time with you, um, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always wrap up with the athletic director's toolbox. Now, you certainly know your way around the world of sports as an athlete, as a coach, as a leader for a national organization. Uh, but in just a minute, I'm going to challenge you to send out uh, a brand new athletic director on their very first job. But I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. So we're going to hear a quick word from Athletic Surveys who sponsor the toolbox segment. And when we come back, we're going to find out what Maria Lopez is going to put into her new athletic director toolbox. Please stay with us. We want to say thank you to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the AD Toolbox segment. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic directors and coaches typically only hear from that 2% that want to complain, that disgruntled student-athlete or that squeaky wheel parent. And we need to hear from them so we can address issues uh, with our programs, but we also need to hear from that 98% that really love and support our program. And Athletic Surveys allows you to do that. Uh, go to athleticsurveys.com or shoot them an email at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your student athletes or your parents, you're really missing out. Talk to the pros at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We have been visiting with Maria Lopez, Maria Lopez, the director of engagement, inclusion, and member experience for We Coach. Uh, also, uh, highly successful tennis player and tennis coach at the college level. She certainly knows her way around the world of athletics, but right now I'm going to task her with sending out a brand new athletic director on their very first job. Maria, what three tools are going to go into your new athletic director toolbox? Yeah, um, absolutely. I think for, you know, with, with my role um, and how much I believe that, you know, women coaches are, are on the rise, that women coaches need uh, need the support and the value. Um, I, I'm going to focus my, my, my toolkit um, or, or the, the, the message that I'm going to give is going to be very focused on how that coach and, or that AD can, can support uh, a female coach. And so, you know, the first one will be, um, you know, to live daily with, with your actions. You know, I think when you're creating a support system, um, you know, leave daily what, what you say your your mission is, what your vision is, um, you know, with your actions. So your your staff and your coaches and everyone should be able to see it, should be able to, to, to hear um, that you have a culture of inclusion and belonging. And so I think when you create that kind of support, that's going to, to really, um, really uh, embrace the, the women coaches in your department. Uh, the second one will be to recruit. I think, you know, we as coaches are always recruiting student athletes, but 
you know, I will challenge and, and give the toolkit will be to to recruit other coaches, to recruit other people in the department um, that uh, are going to be planting seeds to help the next generation, right? I think we're always looking at how we can help the people now, but how can we recruit, um, you know, the, the next generation will be really important. Um, and I think to, to really stay in line with what we're, what we're speaking here and what I believe is important um, is to, to create, um, you know, as we're, as we're talking about recruiting and advancing and retaining women coaches, uh, it's important to have the right policies in place. And so really making sure you sit down with your leadership and create some policies and say, okay, what is important for us and how can we be, um, you know, how can we find the most um, diverse qualified pool of, uh, of candidates? And so when you're recruiting uh, in the future, when you're in charge of hiring, um, you know, have you sat down and have enough um, have you conducted enough within your leadership to know what's going to be important for you uh, so that you can ensure that there's, you know, that's successful, that you, you know, you have, you've done your work, you've done your research, and most important that you have created enough diverse pool of candidates for, for yourself. And, and obviously the last one would be, you know, as you're wrapping everything up, you need to have a week coach membership. I mean, you, you have to provide that support uh, you know, for, for your women coaches and for your male allies as well. I mean, I think they're just as interested in, in joining and learning from, from the women coaches that are in our community. And so, um, you know, those will be the four tools that I think would be uh, given to, to the athletic director and our coach that, that, uh, that's new in the industry. Oh, I love how you snuck that fourth tool in there. It's great stuff. Uh, and again, <laughs> Uh, you know this as a coach, uh, you know, as an athletic director, I was, I use the word selfish. I was very selfish. I wanted our teams, our student athletes to be successful. And so I wanted the best coach. And, you know, whether that was, you know, a, a man or a woman or, you know, black, white, whatever. Okay. I, I want a great coach out there. And, you know, there are some great, great, you know, women coaches out there that we need to, as leaders, you know, help them, promote them, uh, and get them connected with teams so they can use their skills to help our student athletes um, have a great experience. Um, speaking of we coach, uh, Anne Maria Lopez, uh, if one of our listeners wants to get in touch, uh, find out more, what's the best way they can get a hold of you and we coach? Uh, our social media channels at We Coach Sports, um, our website at WeCoachSports.org, and then my email uh, with memberships at WeCoachSports.org. Okay. Maria Lopez, thanks so much for sharing with us today on the uh, podcast and all the best moving forward uh, for you and for We Coach in uh, 2023. Jake, thanks for having me and thanks for being our partner. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, for our listeners, um, we do this just about every day, and we upload our episodes to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening. Come back next time for more best practices on the Educational AD Podcast, and check out We Coach at We Coach Sports uh, for more information about getting involved with this great organization. Everybody have a great day.